What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome to the Caixin Seneca Business Brief, brought to you by SubChina. Each week, we bring you a roundup from the world of business in China from Caixin, China's authority on business and financial news, as well as interviews with Caixin Global reporters and editors. I'm Kaiser Guo from the Seneca Podcast. It has been a week of tragedies and drama across China in the world of business. Last week saw China lock down the city of Shijiazhuang. With the emergence of COVID-19, there, a former top financial official was sentenced to death after he was found guilty of bribery, bigamy, and embezzlement. And China's long-hour work culture has come under scrutiny following the death of a young employee. With all the important news, here's what's been happening in the world of business this week. Shijiazhuang, the capital of North China's Hebei Province, which surrounds Beijing and Tianjin, was locked down after the emergence of dozens of new COVID-19 cases in the country's worst outbreak in months. Authorities in Shijiazhuang, home to 11 million people, banned all people and vehicles from leaving the city, according to the state-run People's Daily. And citywide virus testing has been rolled out, while people in certain areas with higher risks are not allowed to travel around the city. Three local Shijiazhuang officials have been punished for failure to contain the spread of the disease. A Chinese court has sentenced a former top financial official to death after he was found guilty of bribery, bigamy, and embezzlement. Lai Xiaomin, a former manager of one of China's four largest state-owned bad debt managers, was found guilty of receiving or attempting to receive a record 1.7 billion yuan, 276.8 million dollars, of bribes over a 10-year period from 2008 to 2018. He was also convicted of bigamy and colluding with others to embezzle 25.1 million yuan of public funds. A day after this podcast covered the fact that three Chinese telecom companies were being delisted from the New York Stock Exchange, it looked like the exchange changed its mind, only to U-turn again and say it would proceed with the plan to delist the three companies. The U.S. Treasury has now issued fresh instructions to markets to cut off U.S. investment in companies tied to China's military, explicitly naming three telecommunications enterprises. China Mobile Limited, China Telecom Corp, and China Unicom Hong Kong Limited. 
that exchanges and indexes must delist by the end of the year. In other news, in possible retaliation for the delisting and other U.S. sanctions, China has issued new rules to block its companies and citizens from having to follow unjustified foreign laws and measures. The rules on, quote, counteracting unjustified extraterritorial application, unquote, of foreign legislation and other measures are effective immediately and allow authorities to ban the imposition of other jurisdictions' laws on Chinese entities when it deems them inappropriate, said the Ministry of Commerce. Companies and citizens will be able to sue in Chinese courts for compensation of losses incurred from foreign rulings deemed as unjustified under the new rules, the ministry added. China's top banking regulator has handed out its first big penalties of 2021, fining several state-owned banks and financial institutions a total of nearly 200 million yuan, or $31 million, for violations mostly concerning wealth management and small business loans. The fines show China's determination to crack down on risky wealth management products, even though authorities delayed the implementation of sweeping new rules covering this area until the end of 2021. There are positive signs that China may be on the brink of loosening rules governing genetically modified crops. A high-level agricultural official announced last week that China should pursue innovative seed technologies to guarantee food security. His comments come after Chinese leaders agreed at a key economic conference last month to, quote, resolve seed and arable land issues this year through, quote, respect for science, strict regulation, and the orderly promotion of industrial applications for biological breeding, a statement widely seen as tacit support for GM strains. China is the world's second largest seed market. The death of an employee of Pinduoduo, a leading e-commerce platform in China, has reignited widespread criticism of work culture in China on social media, and in particular the so-called 996 culture, which derives its name from the idea that employees have to work from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. six days a week. A hashtag about the death has drawn more than 150 million views on Sina Weibo. The employee, who fell and died hours after working past midnight on December 29th, had complained about working conditions in October, writing on WeChat, We employees are at the mercy of capitalism. A source at Pinduoduo explained that in the far west of China, work starts and ends later due to China's one official time zone, so finishing work after midnight is common. Let's turn now to Caixin Global Managing Editor Doug Young for his take on the story of the week. And what story would that be, Doug? Yeah, Kaiser. Uh, this week I, I want to talk about a, a company that I think maybe a lot of our listeners might know by now. It's called SMIC, or Semiconductor Manufacturing International Corp. If you want to get the full name, uh, but they're China's leading chip maker, uh, semiconductor chip maker. And it's a real interesting story. I, I do encourage people to go online and look at it because uh, there's all sorts of insider detail in there. Uh, but the story itself is about a, a sort of a clash of, of these two tech whizzes uh, at the at the top of SMIC. And, you know, I mean, I, of course, everybody loves a nice juicy story about uh, people fighting inside of a company. But 
In this case, it really is quite a telling story because it really shows how SMIC is is at a crossroads in its development. And, and a lot of this is, I mean, it, it's all directly the result of, of U.S. pressure on the company and more generally, you know, U.S. pressure on Chinese tech companies. It's a really important story for sure with loads of implications for China and its broader technology ambitions. But give us some background here. What actually led up to all of this? Okay. Well, I'm going to try and keep everybody in the, in the, in the loop without getting too confusing. Uh, but basically, it all revolves around a couple of people who actually both happen to be Taiwanese. Uh, Taiwanese were, you know, very early into the semiconductor industry, and and so they both are. are there are a lot of Taiwanese in the mainland uh, chip sector. Uh, one was a guy named Jiang Shangyi, who had a reputation as sort of being a very fatherly, mentoring type figure. And then the other one was the guy named Liang Meng Song, who was sort of like the the wonder kid, but sort of brash and and not very you know not very yielding. Uh, and and Liang apparently the the brash guy uh, was always wanted the best toys. He wanted to have the the most leading edge technology and so on and so forth. And and was really bent on making Smick, you know the the number one company in the world, or, or certainly, you know, on par with the, the big ones like Intel and Samsung. Um, and so what happened was basically uh, this guy Jiang had left. He had worked at SMIC and then he had left uh, to go do another chip startup. And that chip startup didn't go anywhere. So guess what? The SMIC company board invited Jiang back and uh, Jiang, again, he's like the mentor, fatherly type figure, you know, uh, he said, ah, sure, he would come back. And guess what? He was bought in above this other guy, Liang, who had meanwhile come in to sort of take over as the head of technology. So anyhow, the, the, the whole thing boiled down to Liang was was outraged by the whole thing and, and resigned on the spot. Apparently, he's quite, quite a, a temper and just not a... Not a real laid-back guy like Jiang, who who, who was apparently had the nickname Papa Jiang because everybody thought he was such a great guy. But you know what it comes down to really is is and so so Liang is gone now, and and Jiang is sort of there to sort of take the company into the next stage. And what's happened right now is the U.S. is basically trying to strangle SMIC, at least in terms of cutting-edge stuff. Uh, they've they basically banned all U.S. companies from selling anything you know remotely cutting edge to to SMIC, um, and you know so suddenly they're they're finding themselves you know without access to all the things they need to to sort of realize their earlier ambition, and and that's why it comes back to these two guys. Liang was basically you know the 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 wonderkin who who just wanted to be at the front of everything and and clearly this is not a company for him anymore uh because they just can't get this stuff so his departure sort of seems to signify that maybe smick is going to have to change its direction and this new guy jiang who's not new cuz he really returned to the company um his you know he's supposed to be a little more patient and flexible and so on and so forth so it it really does seem to show, you know, people are saying that SMIC is going to have to sort of settle for older technologies uh, if it wants to develop at this stage in its career. And, um, 
you know, it's it's a, it's a great story. It probably reads better in the in print form. So I I do encourage people to go check it out if they uh, have time to look at us online. Okay, Doug. And do you have any sense for how things might play out down the road? Well, you know, everything is just so fluid right now. I mean, it it all comes down to Trump is leaving. Trump, who was the super hard line on the Chinese, he's going. Uh, Biden, Joe Biden's coming in. Um, you know, by the time some of our listeners hear this, maybe Biden will already be the president. Uh, everyone's saying, what's Biden going to do? Is he going to continue Trump's policies or is he going to sort of step step back a little bit? And um, consensus seems to be he probably won't apply the pressure quite as rigorously as Trump. But at the same time, people are saying he's not going to start just undoing all of Trump's China policies, uh, maybe some of the others he'll undo, but certainly not the tough on China policies. He won't be that quick to start undoing them. So if if I'm SMIC, I would say the company would probably be well advised to sort of go down that less high tech path because I don't think it's going to get access to the you know the super high tech stuff it wants again anytime soon. Well, Doug, thanks for joining, and we look forward to having you back on the show soon. Okay. Thanks a lot, Kaiser. And that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. The Caixin Seneca Business Brief is produced by Kaiser Guo and Nandini Venkata, with stories from the staff of Caixin Global. Special thanks to Li Xin and Marcus Ryder of Caixin Global. Thanks to Spring and Autumn for the music. For more on China, be sure to check out the other shows in the Seneca Network on SubChina. And for daily news and views, make sure to subscribe to SubChina Access for our daily newsletter. Find us at subchina.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Take care.